Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rock Squad podcast, your destination for the latest in rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I am one of your hosts. I'm Nick Chino. I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate, Dave Marini. What's up, Dave? Hey, Nick. How's it going, pal? Hello, everybody. Before we get going today, make sure you drop down to the bottom of this video and you subscribe to our channel. You like this video. You write a comment. You get in touch with us. Lots of things in the news today. Kind of a somber day. Yes, very it much so. Out, it was. It started as a nice day and kind of ended on a shitty note. Yeah. Uh, what's going on in the world of rock, Nick? Well, unfortunately, Dusty Hill, the longtime bass player of ZZ Top, uh, passed away at the age of 72. The band confirmed it on social media today that he passed away. And uh, there's been an outpouring of uh, of grief over the loss of an incredible bass player, incredible musician, and from all accounts, a really, really great guy. Um, and uh, we've, I think we talked a little bit about ZZ Top on the show before, Dave, that we're both big ZZ Top fans. Uh, we enjoy their music immensely. And this is just a really sad loss. When you think about ZZ Top, it's one of the best trios of all time. You're a bass player. Dusty Hill's a bass player. Um, you know, th- they had the tightest sound of any three piece ever. And he was a, an integral part of that. So it's just really sad news. Yeah, it's super sad news, man. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I was planning on going to see ZZ Top for the first time. Yeah, we were talking about so, that. Yeah, we were talking about that. So, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very shitty news on that front. But yeah, Dusty was an amazing player. And uh, the, the ZZ Top, like the longest reigning American band, they've been, it's yeah. been the same three guys for over 50 years. Like 50 years, that's longer than the Stones, it's longer than everybody. So, um, it, you know, he'll be missed, man. It's, it's very sad. Um, yeah, legend. He's a legend. Legend. One of the goats on the low end. How are they going to fill that spot? Are they? They're going to continue, I imagine. I have a hard time thinking that the other two guys won't keep going. ZZ Top. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. They don't know I'm how here. to stop though. Top don't they stop. Like you gotta be, you gotta be badass, and you need the beard. Come on. Yeah, I know it's 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 a tall order, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> to be badass and also have a beard of uh, of that magnitude is uh, yeah. is yeah, it's an incredible feat for sure. But uh, I'm sure Dusty Billy, Hill, I'm sure Billy will do something though. Billy's, yeah, Billy's fantastic. He'll, he'll keep he'll going. go out with the Billy uh, Billy Gibbons All Star Band or something. You know? so, yeah, he'll keep it going for sure. So yeah. uh, very very sad. Peace, yeah, Dusty Hill, rest in peace. He passed away at the age of uh, of seventy two. An incredible career, incredible life, and. Uh, you know, he got to spend his life playing music. So I, you know, I think that's a, it's a good way to do it. So rest in peace to Dusty Hill. Um, but uh, a couple other things that we want to talk about just off the top here, uh, Dave, you were telling me that you have an idea, you have a new series that you want to bring to the rock squad channel. Do you want to tell the folks about this? We're talking about the top 10. Nick. The top we're 10. going around the world. <laughs> we're getting the best rock songs from around the globe and we're hitting people with it every week, every Friday. There will be a new top 10, the Rock Squad top 10 from around the world. I'm very excited about it, getting some things in order, but it's going to be a good time. Are you excited for the top 10? I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, some new stuff for our, uh, our you know, rising YouTube viewers to watch. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, we, I've been doing the Rock Album Reviews. You're going to be doing the top 10. I feel like we're, we're bringing some quality stuff to the Rock Squad uh, community. Well, you're not going to just get, you know, your random top three or top four. You're going to get the top bands from around the world, the top rock bands from around the world. And every once in a while, we're going to th- we're going to we're going to make an executive decision 
and move a band that we're like, why is this band at 49? This band needs to be in the top 10. And we're going to make an executive decision and slide it in there. So I'm super excited. I'm super excited to expose people to bands they may have never heard of or bands that don't get their fair shake. But uh, yeah, lots of new music, man. So it should be it should be very good. Yeah, we're super excited. So we'll be uh, looking out for the Rock Squad top 10 coming from Mr. Dave Marini very, very soon. Uh, before we get to the opening act topics, there was a big album anniversary this week, courtesy of the Smashing Pumpkins. Their sophomore record, Siamese Dream, celebrated its anniversary this week. And we previously talked on the show, Dave, about Smashing Pumpkins. We're both huge fans. Siamese Dream was a seminal album for both of us uh, in our musical development and our, our music fandom over the years. Um, when it comes to Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream really set the tone for who the Pumpkins would be and what they would do going forward. They worked with Butch Vig, of course, once again on uh, on Siamese Dream like they did on Gish. And when you think about Gish, it's a very, it's a great record, but it doesn't really have um, those catchy melodies that Siamese Dream would would bring to the Pumpkins fold. And Billy Corgan himself has said that it, that was the record that really, uh, that really kind of set the Pumpkins on their path and him as a songwriter as well. So what do you feel about Siamese Dream? You got, you know, Cherub Rock, Today, Hummer, Quiet, Rocket, Mayonnaise, Geek USA, uh, so many great songs. You you called it, pal, man. I I it's one of the best best albums of that time. You know, it's uh, some of the tones on there. Like listening to like uh, Billy talk about like making that record and like how much work went into the guitar tone and yeah. uh, and just you know Creamy. just the songs themselves. Like you know it went big on. Muff. Yeah, like big big muffs and like tuning a half cent down and stacking guitars left and right, balancing it weird. There's so much cool stuff about about that record and uh yeah it's influential for me to me for sure i remember listening to it at a friend's on the on the floor in his basement with like just like putting it in and like mm-hmm. and it was just like it would blow us away we'd be like wow and you hear that for chair broth and you hear the drum boom you know and it's like yeah i don't know it's Crazy. awesome to me right? it's, it's super nostalgic uh i love i went to go see them last time they were in town with noel gallagher um, I'm a huge Pumpkins fan, man. I, I they can't do wrong in my books. Yeah, first gig I ever played before you joined Neoprene. The first gig we ever played out here on the court. First, first song was Chair Brock. So just goes to show you it, where we. It was still in the mix when I when I came into the band. Yeah, we played it a bunch when you uh, joined the band. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Love so it. happy anniversary to Siamese Dream. We still love you. It's still amazing. Uh, let's get to this week's opening act topics on the Rock Squad podcast. Some hot topics in the world of rock music news. Actually, we're gonna start this uh, one off on a somber note as well. After we talked about Dusty Hill, uh, another famous musician passed away uh, this week. Founding Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison. Um, passed away suddenly at the age of 46. His uh, family announced the news yesterday. He was um, from the band uh, from Slipknot's inception in 1995 until 2013. Uh, He was a major member of the band. Um, From what I read, he had a medical condition that affected his ability to walk and his ability to play drums, but he was kind of getting over it in the last couple of years. So I'm not sure if this is related to that, uh, that medical condition, but there's been this huge outpouring of, um, of support in the metal community. And obviously from the other members of, of um, Slipknot, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Slipknot fan, but I'm a fan of some of their stuff. I, you know, obviously love Corey Taylor as a vocalist. Um, when it comes to the theatricality of, uh, of bands, I don't think anybody does it better than Slipknot with those very, very frightening masks that they like to don uh, all the time. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a huge Slipknot fan, but this is, this is really sad news because 
as far as huge metal bands in the last 20 years go, uh, you know, the most influential metal bands in the last 20 years, Slipknot would definitely be high on that list. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, it's very sad to hear that Joey passed away. Um, yeah, like, you know, it's it really makes you think about all those opportunities again, right? Like, I've never seen Slipknot, but I'm, I'm not a huge Slipknot fan, but yeah. I liked Iowa, and I liked a few of their singles through the years. Um, yeah, man, it's very sad. He's like 40. How old was he? 42? 46. 46 years old, man. Yeah. He's a baby. He's a young pup. Um, yeah. But, you know, live fast, die young. And that's that's kind of the game we're in sometimes. So, uh, you know, it's super sad. And obviously condolences to his family. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's too bad. It sounded like he was kind of on his way back into the mix, too. So, um, yeah, what are you going to yeah. do, man? Yeah, really, really sad news. Well, it's inspired me maybe to go dig a little bit more into Slipknot's catalog the benefit of having streaming services is that you can uh <laughs> at your own whim dig into any band's discography i've always liked um left behind which i think is from the iowa record that's a good one i like wait and bleed obviously oh, his drumming is phenomenal uh, it's great and it's very He's primal it's uh yeah. it's very primal when you listen to slip well, at least their early stuff i'm not really super familiar with their stuff over the last 10 or 15 years uh which is showing the gaps in my my metal listening but uh, yeah, it's very, very sad news. So I think I'm going to go back, maybe listen to Iowa, maybe listen to the first record and just uh, appreciate what Joey Jordison brought to the uh, to the metal scene over the last uh, decades. Yeah, me too. All right. So rest in peace to Joey Jordison. We're going to get to the next topic on the Rock Squad podcast. We're going back to the Smashing Pumpkins. We just talked about them uh, with Siamese Dream, but this one's really cool. They're putting out another archival release uh, called Live at the Viper Room in 1998. Uh, This one was recorded in LA at the Viper Room uh, in January of 1998. It's mostly a Billy Corgan acoustic show where he played a lot of songs from the Adore record before it was released. Uh, So this is actually a follow-up to the Live in Japan 1992 LP that they put out earlier this year. Um, what do you, what do you think of this release, Dave? Are you excited for this? How, how, how do you rank Adore among Pumpkins albums? Because it ranks pretty high for me, actually. Yeah, I think it's an, I think it's a killer record. And, uh, I was, I'm, I'm a goof and I love, uh, the, the dark themed Pumpkins. Like I, I know, uh, Billy Corgan's a huge wrestling fan and stuff. So yeah. I appreciate all the theatrics that he put into that era of Pumpkins. That's yeah. for sure. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's killer. And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge acoustic pumpkins fan, to be honest really? with you. Yeah, I'm not like there's a few there's a few songs that, that are okay, but I'm I'm not a huge fan of the, the acoustic yeah. pumpkins. But uh, this should be good. Like it should I'm not saying it's gonna be a bad a bad release or anything. I, I haven't yet to, I've yet to hear it. So yeah. uh yeah, it'll have to be really sparkly for me to be uh to be injured. I'm definitely a studio guy for that. Yeah, me too. And the thing with Adore is that that was the first Pumpkins record that I really bought and I really got into. I was always familiar with their stuff um, before that, but I never really was a Pumpkins fan uh, until Adore came out. Then I got into that record and that's kind of opened up the door to the rest of the Pumpkins for me. And that's when I really dug into them and became uh, the gigantic Pumpkins fan that I am today. And I always really enjoyed, yeah, like you're saying, the the dark side of the pumpkins and that that's something they definitely explored on the adore records there was a little bit more acoustic there was a lot more electronic jimmy chamberlain wasn't in the band at the time because he had been kicked out 
uh, after melancholy. So it was a different record for the pumpkins. It's, it's funny because back in the, at the time, uh, it was on the heels of melancholy and the infinite sadness, this huge double rock record. Uh, and they decided to do something completely different and people weren't a huge fan of it, at least in the mainstream, uh, maybe some diehard pumpkins fans as well. They weren't huge fans of it because it was so different, but in hindsight, you know, we look at that record as being really great. Uh, not only because it is actually great, but because it was uh, Billy Corgan and it was James Eha and it was Darcy Retsky together making music. And I know people look at that era of the pumpkins with rose colored glasses like that is the that is the ultimate era of the pumpkins, obviously, with Jimmy in there as well. So people look on it a lot more fondly these days. But I liked it when it came out. It's got lots of great songs. It's got Ava Adore. Perfect is awesome. Uh, Daphne Descends is a really good song. Uh, Crestfallen, Pug. The list goes on. It's a great record. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Who plays drums on that record? Is it uh, uh, different people? I think uh, Joey Monaker uh, and Matt Cameron. I think do some stuff on that record. Oh really? Was yeah. it Kenny Arnoff in that for a while too? He like, was. I don't know. He might have played on a drummer? track on that, but he played live with them on that tour and the Machina tour. No, Jimmy came back from Machina. So yeah, 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 Kenny, yeah. So, but yeah, that was a great record. And yeah, Kenny Arnoff was in there. Yeah, different different uh, drummers i think matt cameron was in there too cool so, that's awesome yeah i didn't know that i thought it, i thought it was just the kenny but that's cool that's awesome yeah really cool so uh that will be coming out very soon the pumpkins live at the viper room 1998 let's get to our next opening act topic and that is weezer are planning four seasons albums to come out in 2022, Rivers Cuomo was on Good Morning America, of all places, promoting the Hella Mega Tour, which is uh, which is great. They're back on the road with Green Day and Fall Out Boy, so we're really excited that bands are out there uh, rocking the uh, the suburbs. Ben Folds isn't on there, but anyways. Uh, the, the Weezer, they're working on not one, not two, not three, but four new records based around the four seasons. Uh, and each album is going to explore a different musical style. Uh, so Rivers said uh, dance rock is going to be on there. This is going to be Strokes-esque indie rock. There's going to be happy, chill music and Elliott Smith-esque acoustic songs as well, which sounds cool to me. So all four of these albums, I think, are due out sometime in 2022. Um, and it's already been an embarrassment of riches for Weezer in the last year or so because we got OK Human, we got Van Weezer. Um, what, what are you thinking about this, Dave? Do you think uh, they can continue this creative role that they're on? Of course they can. Rivers can do anything. I don't, yeah, Rivers has a formula, man. And since the Green Album, it has just been like popping off pop rock songs like nobody's business. So, yeah, I, you know, it's probably going to be half decent. They're in a good spot right now. Yeah. Um, you know, they're right. I think he's figured out how to write all of those things. So I don't feel like this is a stretch for them at, at, at all. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see like, hello, I'm going to listen to all four seasons. So yeah, me too. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's that they're going to be doing different things musically on each one. And yeah. if there's anything we've learned with Weezer is that they like to swing between genres. We, in the, in the course of four or three or four months this year, we had okay human, which was this uh, orchestral pop record that they recorded at Abbey Road, followed up by Van Weezer, which is this gigantic uh, Weezer on steroids rock record. So we've had yeah. both sides of them. And then when you think back to the last couple of years, they've gone back to more Blue Album-esque Weezer songs. They've done more electronic stuff. They've done uh, all sorts of different things. So I'm really excited to see how they, um, how they balance those different genres uh, on these four seasons records. And it's, uh, 
it's just cool because as a Weezer fan, I want as much Weezer music as possible. I love how they've been putting out so much stuff over the last couple of years. So this is going to be exciting. I just and think every season you'll have a new Weezer record to to go along with uh, with the weather. <laughs> yeah, well, they're definitely playing into the uh, Spotify method, right? Like yeah. we. Yeah, so oh, that's yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, like and they're just gonna have music like single after single after single after, in many different varieties. They're kind of yeah. just in the algorithm. So yeah. it'll be they're probably gonna get bigger. That's what's yeah. gonna happen for sure. Well, you know they're on the Hella Mega tour right now. I think too because you know we're we're musicians, we're songwriters. Um, it's hard not to envy the level of productivity that they oh. that they get to the amount of music that they're obviously this for is their sure. full time job. Uh, so they they have the time to do that, but it's incredible and it's it's awesome to see how prolific they are. I would love you know to be able to put out the amount of music that they do. It's not quite guided by voices level. Our good friend and bandmate John Daly uh, loves guided by voices and they put out 40 song albums every month or so i think so they put out a, they put in an album at the beginning of the show that's, not, that's not. <laughs> right there robert pollard just put out a record right now while we were talking notify the notification dropped down in the video <laughs> yeah and a solo record in a side project he also put that out two of them two of them yeah totally so looking forward to the season's records from weezer let's get to the headliner topic on this week's rock squad podcast and this is pretty cool and that is slash has signed to the new gibson record label gibson guitars have launched their own record label called get this dave gibson records yeah it's crazy uh they're gonna be partnering with bmg uh and they're gonna be based out of nashville and the first artist to be signed to the label is none other than mr slash also, his buddies, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Uh, Slash already has his own line of signature Gibson guitars. So it's obvious that, you know, he loves his Les Pauls and everything like that. So it's obvious that he would go with Gibson uh, as his record label. But this means that the next Slash and uh, the Conspirators album is going to come out on Gibson Records. So probably sometime in 2022. What, what do you think of this, Dave, as a, as a Slash fan, but also uh, as, a, as a fan of the music industry? Uh, what's your read on this? Well, generally speaking, when uh, manufacturers get into the uh, the record business, if you will, uh, it doesn't last very long. There's yeah. been a few there's been a few tries with like Roland and Yamaha, you know, over the years, and it's like, oh, we're we're signed to Yamaha Records, and uh, I don't know, I like you know, it seems they they seem to have a good bunch of capital at the beginning of the of the situation. But it's kind of like they throw it against the wall, and if it sticks, it sticks. Good for them, and if it doesn't, yeah, they move on. Uh, this is definitely a deal that uh, Slash was probably uh, thought out with management because, like, he he knows his value, and he knows how low the Gibson value is right now because Gibson hasn't been doing well over the last couple of years. So I'm guessing this was like a business play on his part. Like, you need me more than I need you. Like cut me in and let's sell some guitars. You know what right. I mean? And like, yeah. let's build, let's build it together. Like mm-hmm. I've been the face of it for so long, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. If it works, it works. The record business is a is a sketchy place, the scary hallway. Yeah, with monsters and demons. So, uh, are, are there I, videos I, online of Gibson uh, mass? Uh, I guess tr- like trashing mass, like large amounts of guitars that they don't sell because yeah, there, they have minor a, defects. There was a, a shitty. Uh, I think it was Korean made or Chinese made uh, Firebird 
that was they they made them wrong and then they were warped so they weren't even good like you couldn't even like refurbish them to sell them okay. like it wasn't like a, a screw was broken it was like they were like neck through body guitars and everything was all twisted on them because they, yeah. they did the wrong schematics so yeah they ended up throwing out like and these guitars were like notorious like they sold them for a while yeah and they were like notoriously like out of tune and like needed all this work and then finally they like went back and they were like somebody fucked up somewhere like yeah like this isn't good so then they they couldn't sell them so they just like destroyed them all and buried them yeah. like like so et from uh yeah, like those ET video games that they buried in the desert, which I, that was a, an urban legend for a long time. And then it actually yeah. turned out to be true. And I, I, I watched the documentary when they went to go dig them all up. I thought that was incredible. I know, I know, the, I know the guitars had defects and they were lost causes and everything, but I still find it very sad anytime I see a guitar destroyed in that manner because it's just. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. It was like bulldozers running over like thousands and thousands of guitars. Like, no. like, yeah, you know, I the would, humanity. I you know, I would have fixed it. That's, yeah, just like so. we can fix it. We can fix it. I swear, we can make it work. Just don't kill them. It's tough when when it's warped up like that. Like if it's if it's just a bolt on neck, you can buy a new neck and put a neck on. But when it's all the way through and it's twisted yeah. up, then like you know, it's a lot of work. To when shit's botched like that, you can't go back, man. Yeah, they made so pretty much what's happening is they made shitty products. For years and years and years, got they got parts made in China and all over the world, and, yeah. and told people they were they were made in the USA, even though they were assembled in the USA. And people caught on. Shit went south. Uh, things were warped. Uh, it didn't last very long. People started returning guitars, yeah. and th they sucked for a period of time. So yeah. hopefully, with Slash on their team full time, I'm sure he's cut in on the deal. They'll bring back the brand that we love so much. Right. And we're big Slash fans. We love the conspirators. We're big fans of Miles Kennedy. And uh, they got Todd Kearns on the base there. Electric and, uh, and Static and Stereo. That's where we remember him from. Before he was a conspirator, yeah. we, you know, we remember him from Age of Electric, which was a great uh, 90s Canadian uh, rock band. Um, yeah, this is cool. Exciting for Slash. I'm looking forward to new music from these guys because I think Miles Kennedy is one of my... Uh, my favorite uh, rock vocalists out there and they have lots of great oh, songs. Yeah. Um, well, we'll talk about it on the tracks of the week. Cause I got a slash song in my tracks of the week, but yeah, yeah it, it could be just a ploy to sell more guitars, but uh, that's okay. I want more people to buy guitars. I want more people to learn how to play guitar because I think that's a great thing to do in life. Um, you know, even outside of us being musicians and doing all the things that we've done over the last 20 plus years as musicians, it's just, uh, picking up a guitar, I'm sure you would agree, is just its own reward sure. and its own sure. um, thing. And outside of you, you know, writing songs or being in a band, it's sure. just a thing that makes you feel good. So, if this sells more guitars, then go for it. Go for it. Pick up a guitar, everybody. Pick up a guitar today. All right, that is it for our headliner topic on this week's Rock Squad podcast. We're going to wrap things up. Before we do, let's get to our tracks of the week. Uh, Dave, for me, we got uh, uh, DG's Shadow Dancing from the new uh, Foo Fighters Hail Satin DG's BG's cover EP that came out for Record Store Day. Um, this track featuring Taylor Hawkins on vocals, and <laughs> he does such a great job on this track. Uh, so that's one of my tracks of the week. And the other one is uh, from Slash. Uh, is uh, the song called Standing in the Sun. 
Um, I forget which record that's from. It's not too far back, but yeah, it's a great song. Miles Kennedy's vocals on it are incredible. It's actually a song I really love to sing myself. Um, I'm always, uh, it's just like to, to sing along with Miles Kennedy is a lot of fun. Uh, he's always doing he's amazing. Things. Uh, you know, we've listened to, uh, what's the other one? Back from Cali, another great oh, yeah. uh, track that yeah. they do. Um, but yeah, those are my tracks of the week. What do you got? Cool. Well, I'm going to stick with the slash train there. And uh, I was actually just listening to Age of Electric. So I'm going to do Age of Electric Remote Control. Yeah. Bass player from uh, Slash Todd Kearns on lead vocals, a great Canadian band from the 90s. And I was in a super 90s mood this week. I've been off from work and stuff. So uh, I'm going to throw uh, The Cranberries. All right. Uh, zombie. Uh, I just recently watched the Woodstock documentary, which I'm sure oh, yeah. we're going to we're going to talk about in detail on another episode, but uh, they threw, they threw some footage in from 95 Woodstock or 94 Woodstock uh, and the, the cranberries were in there and that turned me on to a whole cranberries kick. So nice. yeah, cranberries, zombies, uh, age of electric remote control, nineties music at its best. Nice. Hey, is that, is that our show? Is that everything? I think it is. I think that's it for this, uh, this week's show. Uh, you can follow me at the walking Nick on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, where can the folks follow you, Dave? You can follow me, Red Coast Records, on Instagram, Red Coast Records on Facebook, Red Coast Records on Twitter. Uh, we play in a band, FoolsUnion.com. Nope, .com. Yep. .com. .com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Fools Union. Uh, if you have Spotify or Apple Music, Fools Union, you can get all of our tunes, and check us out, and buy merch, and all that jazz. Nick? It was a pleasure to see you, my friend. Rock pleasure to see you too. Rock on, Dave. We'll see you next week.